What is good, Defenders? Well, if I'm going to answer my own question, not a lot right now in the land of LAFC. Welcome back to Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth. You know my voice. I am the Scarf, J.R. Liebert, and sitting across the interwebs from me as we are once again recording on Zoom, you know him as the lovable Philly himself, the Gypsy Prince, Christian Philly Philemon. Defenders, like, it's us. It, it, it's our fault. It, it's hashtag blame defenders. Three straight podcasts in a row where we are recording via Zoom and three straight losses, first time in LAFC history. This is Oof. like the first time that you and I have been recording on Zoom. Well, obviously, pandemic doesn't count, but since right. pandemic, this is the first time for that. So it's it's our fault. Scarf, you ever hear the Jimmy Valvano speech? Yes, I love the Jimmy Valvano speech. Okay, so, I mean, not to go over everything, but he talks about, like, pretty much running through the gamut of emotions. That is exactly how I feel right now. I woke up with excitement and joy. I was happy that we came home to a game. I, I was frustrated. I, I was I vindicated. I was jovial. And then it all ended with me rage eating a Popeye spicy chicken sandwich. Scarf, <laughs> when do I ever rage eat Popeyes? Never. I rage eight a spicy chicken sandwich with no sauce, by the way. That's how pissed off I am. Okay, first of all, those are pretty good chicken sandwiches from Popeyes. But it, for all of you out there, Philly, you, you you wouldn't know it between if you look at Panda and you look at Philly. But Philly has talked about this several times. Uh, I, I won't talk about Panda's body other than to say that she eats fast food, I would say, what, 10 times as much as you might, Philly? And yet, yep. you know. Philly, Philly eats fast food once, and unfortunately for him, it goes right to his thighs. What are you gonna do? I, yeah, I love you, buddy. But uh bad genetics. Yeah. Look, uh I I am with you in that I ran through the gamut of emotions, but right now, I'll be honest, defenders, I'm I'm just kind of pissed off. I, yep. I I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, I'm and, and I don't even know what to do about it, right? Like in this match. LAFC had 10, maybe 12 chances to put the ball into the back of the net. This wasn't a case of not having the chances, unlike some of the other matches that we have seen recently from this club. But the frustrating part, Philly, is bottom of the barrel. San Jose, DC United, Houston. These three matches against them. I'll I'll set the Austin match aside for a moment. But DC... San Jose, Houston, these should have been nine points, not three points. And in both matches against San Jose and now Houston, we were at least level going into the 70th minute and couldn't hold on to those two points. I, I Look, I'm not going to jinx anything, but if the supporter shield race comes down to one or two points, I am certainly going to be thinking about your Indiana Hoosier Griffin Dorsey and the 18-year-old Tarzan Wonderkin, Cade Cowell. Uh, it's it's a little frustrating right now because we haven't lost any points this season from a winning position, Philly, but we have definitely given up some points after we've drawn level with some bad teams. I, I just don't get it. I mean, we had the most perfectly paved road ahead of us. We couldn't have asked for a better yeah. journey or a better road yeah. to a supporter shield. But we had to go and screw it all up. We made the two worst teams in the league look really good. Now, Houston looked good today. 
Houston is not a good team. Houston by no means is a good team. No. Houston hasn't won a flipping game since July 17th. Yet they managed to make us look bad. San Jose managed to make us look bad. We are shooting ourselves in the foot. San Jose was the left foot. Houston was the right foot. Dare I say we lose on Saturday, then we shoot ourselves in the midsection in the place where we uh, where we procreate from. Oh, well, there is that. Uh, by the way, we are recording this, obviously, on game day. It is Wednesday, August 31st, and Philly in the 80th minute. Austin has just found one. So it's, uh, I'll give you a wild guess who scored for Austin. Philly. Number 20, not his number, his goal. Right? Sebastian Driussi is pretty good, as it turns out. It is, though, 2-1 Portland in the 80th minute. We are keeping an eye on Austin, obviously, because we have not <laughs> helped ourselves. But luckily, Austin hasn't really helped themselves much either recently. No, so. no. And this is quite disgusting. I mean, what a horrible day where we're actually we're going to be Portland Timbers fans for the next like 10 minutes. Like, uh, yeah, just, this is that's this just is how gross. gross life is right now. Yeah, because I'm definitely not a fan of their former keeper, Steve Clark. That's for damn sure. He yes, had- that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the curse of the Timbers. The best uh, pine trees pissed are pissing us off. Yeah, it's it's been a day. Okay, first of all, we want to thank our good friends at Flex. We can't forget about them as pissed off as we are. FlexPowerTools.com, the official sponsor of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth. Remember, all the tools you buy in 2022 come with a lifetime warranty. And look, we're going to give away some tools at the next home match. That's the bottom line. We've got tools. We're going to give them away. We'll talk about that on our Instagram. Make sure you head on over to Defenders of the Bank on Instagram, and and we're going to post it on Twitter. It's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you're following Defenders, you guys, for free tools. And this isn't like a free battery or anything. It's like a free whole set. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We want to say a big thank you again to our friends over at Flex, FlexPowerTools.com, the official sponsor of Defenders of the Bank. And let's not forget, we want to wish Shane... A very happy birthday. It was Shane Valdez's birthday just a couple of days ago. So happy birthday to Shane. Yeah, and wait till this day in LA's history because we have a very good friend of the podcast who we're going to wish a birthday uh, wishes to on today's episode. Don't forget the Mauricio Mo Facio Futsal Court in Southeast LA. Fundraising effort is underway. LAFC, the LAFC Foundation, and the 3252 are partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor. And the link to donate is in our bio as it has been all season. And yes, I'll, I'll mention it right now. We're we're gonna be pissed off during this episode. We're we're not very happy. We're we're upset about the loss. Obviously, the third straight loss for this club. Uh, but but yes, we do have a little bit of a surprise for you. The promise that I made all over social media, so that Heart of LAFC and everybody else will stop calling me out. It is at the end of the episode. Brian Song, part two. Philly and I talked about it before, and we said, look, rather than release it before we talk about Houston and how upset we are and everything else, we figured, look, at the end of the episode, after you've exercised the demons with us, you can listen to part two of Brian's song, the farewell tour for Brian's song. That is it. I hope you enjoy it. It's it's about twice the length as the uh, the first Brian song iteration uh, that's, that's, that's all I got for you. It's Brian's song part two. So there you go. Well, uh, I mean, that's good because we're all going to need a, a smile and a laugh, uh, a hug. Yeah. <laughs> I say a drink. No, I can't. I'm two weeks, two weeks, nothing. Although I certainly 
wanted to dive into an adult beverage after oh. after that one. I think I just want to say this. I'm excited yeah. to hear Brian's song number one, but I don't think I've ever been this pissed off watching an LAFC match all season. Like, like I really haven't. Again, like rage eating Popeyes. I, I don't recall <laughs> ever a time where I rage ate anything. Anyway, that's besides the point. Let's get started on this podcast and exercise these bloody demons already. There you go. All right, we're going to get into this day in LAC history. One news and note to talk about. A quick look at both Las Vegas Lights and Angel City Football Club, and then a breakdown of the Texas misstep uh, in Houston. That is, it's just so frustrating. Again, a quick reminder, if you're not already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank this day in LAFC history. Yes, Philly. Philly has raised his hand to speak. YouTube. Oh, yeah. Start following us on YouTube. I've been posting the pregame and postgame press conferences. We we actually had a video that almost hit 500 views. That's kind of cool. So make sure you follow Defenders of the Bank, the YouTube channel. I think we're at like 324 subscribers now. So we're going to keep pulling up, putting up content on that. So don't forget to find us and follow us and like us on that platform as well. Yes, please. YouTube. There you go. At Defenders of the Bank. So YouTube.com backslash Defenders of the Bank. This day in LAFC history. Again, we are recording this August 31st. It is match day. And on August 31st, Philly, 1999, the birth of the former keeper of LAFC and friend of the podcast and a really big dude, by the way, but one of the nicest people that we've had on the pod, one Philip Ejimadu. Happy birthday to Philip Ejimadu. Philly is the only person that I know that has a Philip Ejimadu goalkeeper kit. Facts. Yeah, facts. It was that orange YouTube kit that I'm no longer allowed to wear because our sponsor would frown upon me wearing a YouTube <laughs> kit. So maybe <laughs> one day I'll true. pull it up, pull it out of the closet and put it back on my uh, on me. But yes, I do have a Philip Ejimadu jersey. I like it. It's fun. You should autograph yeah, it. Yeah, look, I, I want to bring up a couple more dates real quick. September 1st, 2018, LAFC defeats the defending MLS Cup champions, Toronto FC. Yes, only a few years ago, they were defending MLS Cup champions. Four to two in Toronto. It's a brace from Carlos Vela countering a brace from Josie Altador. Uh, both Carlos and Josie scored a goal in second half stoppage time. And since the MLS introduced ties in 2000, LAFC was the first team to six away wins in their inaugural season. Wouldn't it be nice to start racking up some away wins as we close this season out? Just three away matches left in our season. Also on September 1st, the following year, 2019, LAFC loses to Minnesota United 2-0 for our first loss at home in 2019. It took until September 1st. And Philly, you know who scored both goals in that for the Minnesota United. It was Mason Toy. Uh, Philly, where did Mason Toy go to college? Uh, we're gonna. This is going to come up again. Yes, he, he he went to Indiana. But but now yeah. I'm of the mind that, yeah, it's great to see somebody who went to my alma mater succeed. But if they <laughs> succeed against LAFC... Screw him. Like, I don't like him anymore. Like, all right. I just wanted, I just wanted to hear you say that out loud because we had discussed, uh, there'll be a certain player that we'll talk about quite a bit in this next, uh, in the match recap, also from Indiana. So there was that. Uh, LAFC, by the way, completely dominated play in that Minnesota United loss. We lost two nothing, but completely dominated 77% possession, 23 to five on shots, 15 to one on corners. We forced 38 clearances from Minnesota and we completed. 811 passes in the match on 87% accuracy. No reason why we should have lost that game 2-0. Gee, a little bit like the match that we're going to talk about today. 
And on the second in 2016, Bank of California becomes the official sponsor for the new stadium in downtown Los Angeles. We will see how much longer that is the case. That is this day in LAFC history. Philly, our one major news and note is that the playoff schedule is announced. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? We've just lost three matches in a row, but Philly, we know that we are in the playoffs. If anything, we at least have that when we rest our head on our black and gold pillows tonight. We know that we are in the playoffs no matter what. And round one, which we hope, Philly, not to play in because the conference champs get a bye into the semifinal round, October 15th, 16th, and 17th. Conference semifinals, which will hopefully be LAFC's first match in the playoffs, Thursday, October 20th, or Sunday, October 23rd. And conference finals, which again, should all be held at Bank of California Stadium, Sunday, October 30th. Dare I say, it might be a Halloween-themed night at Bank of California Stadium when we reach the conference finals. And and Philly, we've already got our our day planned for Saturday, November 5th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, MLS Cup. Saturday, November 5th. Yep, that better be a game that we're in. Otherwise, this season is 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 a total loss. Absolutely. I, look, I'm not, I, I make the comments about not wanting to, uh, you know, everybody's got to look internally before they demand perfection from somebody else. But if there's ever a team that should win this stupid MLS Cup and end this season the way that it should happen, it, it's us. But again, we're, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. Let us hit our lull now, I guess. And yeah. As, as you but can tell, like I'm, I'm frustrated and we've got off. six more matches. And I don't have a spicy out. chicken sandwich to eat anymore. Yeah. You already ate one of those. You rage ate that spicy chicken sandwich. Uh, we, we have six more matches left three home, three away, six more matches left. So we'll, we'll get there. Uh, let's do a quick update on the, Oh, by the way, Denny Bawanga wearing 99 has me feeling all kinds of things. Philly, your thoughts. Um, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when it comes to the number 99, first and foremost, obviously, most people are going to default to Wayne Gretzky. Sure. If, if, you, if you root for that disgusting baseball team in the Bronx, chances are Aaron Judge. If you root for the good guys, you're thinking Turk Wendell. Uh, if you're thinking about <laughs> LAFC. Wow, Turk Wendell. We yeah. got Turk Wendell. If you're thinking about LAFC, though, you're thinking of Adama Diamande. Now, look, Dio, such a beloved member of our team. Obviously, he left the way he did. It was what it was. He didn't have a performance suitable enough to retire. Look, they don't retire jerseys in, in the sport anyway. But wearing that number, to me, those are big shoes to fill, man. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll look on the pitch, and you said it earlier. Number 25 reminds you, obviously, still of Walker. I don't think about that. Um, I wasn't angry or missing Rossi when Chicho took number nine. I don't necessarily care that Chiellini took 14 for Mark Anthony K. Right. But I'm sure you would agree with me on this. Seeing the number 99 worn by anybody right now, not named Adama Diamande, rubs me the wrong way. But obviously it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll get over it. Yeah. We're forever. The player is is temporary. But, man, I can't help but you know, just think of Dio. Yeah, that yeah look, I, I agree, Philly. I'm right there with you. I have said to all of the millions. And millions. I was trying to do that as he was taking a drink, but I just missed. Uh, my favorite player to ever wear black and gold is Adama Diamande, number 99. Uh, for all of you Dodger fans out there, obviously you will remember the stir and the, the, the emotion that Manny Ramirez, uh, number 99, when he signed with the Dodgers, he, he was like a, a flame in the night flying through the sky. He had a wonderful first couple of months and then eh, we shipped him out not too long ago. 
unfortunately, that was kind of the same with Adama Diamande, right? He came in, set all kinds of MLS records, like eight goals in his first five games, something like that. Like he was just unreal. My favorite player to ever wear black and gold. I don't love that Denny Bawanga is wearing number 99, especially because there are so many other numbers that no other LAFC players ever worn that he could have. And that would have been kind of cool. But enough on that. Philly, let's do a quick Las Vegas Lights update in an Angel City FC minute. Despite sitting at the bottom of the table in USL's Western Conference, the Rio Grande Valley Toros, gee, does this sound familiar, took Las Vegas behind the woodshed at Cashman Field in Vegas. A very early red card put Vegas down a man in the 14th minute, and the Toros took full advantage. Three goals in the first half, two goals in the second half, and the Toros stamp out Vegas 5-0. A rough match for the Lights. The Lights are still above the playoff line in sixth place on 37 points. And their next match is September 3rd at storied Al Lang Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Good luck, Vegas. And our Angel City Minute, dude, check out Angel City. Philly, what a match they played in their last one. Angel City ventured to beautiful Harrison, New Jersey in Red Bull Arena and took all three points. There's nothing beautiful about either of those two, by the way. I know, but I like to say that every time because then you say that. They took all three points from New Jersey, New York, Gotham, a massive win. Three first half goals, including Kerry Ricaro's fourth in five matches, helped AFC, ACFC, excuse me, to the 3-1 win. Their next match is in Houston. Boo. Against Ebony, Salmon, and the Dash on Sunday, September 11th. And with six matches left in the regular season, it is going to be a fight for the playoffs, Philly. Angel City sit in seventh, one point out and one spot out of the playoffs. But Philly, they are just six points from first place. First place, just six points and just four points separate second through seventh. And and Philly, we've got Copa Angelina coming up. We've got all kinds of other stuff going on. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun one. And, and real quick, I, I know just before we get into the Houston match, Philly, I know uh, Ontario has a lot of cool things going on, especially there's a cool match that I want to make sure you plug uh, if you have just a quick second. USA versus Mexico indoors in Ontario at Toyota Arena coming up soon. Yep, September. I mean, what's what else? What else is there to plug? You pretty much said it all. Yes, September seventeenth. The best indoor soccer players from the U.S. are going to go out there and compete in the Inland Empire best against the best indoor soccer players from Mexico. Typically, when these two teams clash, it's quite exciting, and a lot of the representation on Mexico happens to come from the team that is going to be the defending. Indoor Major Arena Soccer League champions of San Diego Soccer's a lot of really good talent on hand. The last time they had this kind of a match in Toyota Arena, we were looking at about 9,000 in Toyota Arena. Yes. The reason that I'm bringing it up, though, I know that's all exciting. But if I were to somehow stumble upon the English broadcast of this match, Philly, whose voices might I hear? I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Well, if you can't go to the match at Toyota Arena, which, by the way, their tickets are available, and I highly encourage you to come because there's going to be a fun after party as well, and we'd love to see all of your beautiful faces at Toyota Arena. But if you can't make it or you live in a different part of the world, whether it be Singapore or the UK or Australia or Vietnam or any of the other 90-whatever countries that you live in that you listen to us, and by the way, thank you, I have yet to see a really big surgence in the Wales population by the way so i'm still waiting on a lot of that but it would be my voice 
that you would get to hear. And in a completely different light, y'all know me as that fun, loving, easily aggravated, you know, gypsy <laughs> prince guy. But obviously I take on a completely different role when I'm calling a game professionally. It's going to be me, the Dr. Jonathan Reimer of shoulder to shoulder fame. And of course, the lovely Panda, my wife, my partner in life. Uh, and the host of Angel City Chicks, which if you want to go beyond that Angel City minute from this pod, go listen to them. Angel City Chicks. It's Amanda and Nina. Great podcast. See, and now I made you smile just a little bit right before we talk about the uh, the awful Texas misstep that we took in Houston. Philly, maybe it was a celebration in Houston and we just didn't understand August 30th, which was yesterday, Philly. In 1836, the city of Houston was founded by two brothers, Augustus Chapman Allen and John Kirby Allen. Good God, you went through a deep dive on this one. Houston turned 186 years old yesterday. And ironically, that's how I felt while I was watching. Look, on this dreaded day, we got some good news. Yes. Austin lost. All right. Whoa. I can't even get that high pitch. Anyway, I just... I, 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 that's a go. You sounded more like Charlotte Flair than Ric Flair. <laughs> hey, hey. All right. Well, wrong hey, with that, though. Charlotte Flair that, is a very attractive human being. I mean, thank you. That's a, that is a big loss for Austin. So we still, again, six points clear in the thank West. God. But look, Houston started out their season very well, Philly. They won three of their first six, taking points in six of their first seven. But in their 20 matches prior to this match, it has been a very different story. They've lost 14 of 20. They got beat by Philly, not you, but the team, 6-0 on July 31st and have just one point, one in their previous six matches. Coming into this match, you already mentioned it, Philly. Only DC United has accumulated fewer points this season than Houston's 26. They, They do play decently at PNC Stadium, four wins, five losses, four draws. They do draw over 16,000, and it certainly looked like more than that. But Philly, this was a crap team that we just fell into another trap against. Not just a crap team, a crap team that has never beaten us over the course of the MLS regular season. Of course, we had that awful loss to them in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup in 2018. There, I bring back those bad memories. But yes, not a good Houston team. You mentioned their losing streak. Again, they hadn't won a game since July 17th. They really didn't have any notable victories later on in May. They were actually okay, though. I mean, they beat the likes of the Galaxy. They beat the likes of Nashville. So they beat some teams there. They got a new coach yet again, a fairly new player. Uh, I mean, they the big excitement behind them this season was the addition of Hector Herrera, who did not play in the game due to a right leg injury, but a bad team that has pretty much been bad since we came into the league. And mind you, this is a team that was successful historically. A couple MLS Cup trophies. I mean, Houston as a franchise, not a bad franchise. But since we came in the league, dumpster fire of a team. Um, between It's between them and San Jose for the toilet bowl in the West. And we certainly were the element that lands in a toilet bowl at the conclusion of today's game. Yeah, it, it did not look good. Philly, let's get right into the lineup, shall we? What do you think? Uh, yeah, let's yeah. Get in- uh, Houston comes in playing their typical 4-2-3-1 under manager Paulo Nagamura. He is actually a really good MLS player, Philly. A longtime MLS star. He won two MLS Cups and three Open Cups. Unfortunately, one of each of those was with Carson. He is from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And, and Philly, your wife would love this. He played for Arsenal's youth and reserve sides growing up. 
including scoring a goal against Liverpool as Arsenal won the U19 English Championships. This guy was a star on Arsenal's youth teams and then played his whole career in Major League Soccer. Uh, you mentioned two of their biggest guns will be out for this match. Yes, Thor Oliverson will be out as well, but let's talk about two of their designated players Philly wouldn't even play. And honestly, their, their other designated player, he'd have a role in this match, but he was not even their best player by far in this one. Hector Herrera held out of last match with a muscle injury in his leg. He was not even in the 18. He was replaced at the last minute against Minnesota and, and hasn't been able to go since. We're talking about a guy, Philly, Hector Herrera, 97 caps with El Tree, 10 goals, 15 assists. A goal he had over 100. Foul. What's that? Did he not have 100? I, I think he's I well, think he uh, had over. I think he had 100. I, I got my information from Transfer Market, and we know that can sometimes be a little suspect. So I'll I'll put myself on notice there. If he had more than 100 caps, uh, I hear you. He, he does definitely have a gold medal from the 2012 Olympics. He played in the World Cup in both 14 and 18. CONCACAF Cup winner in 2015. Gold Cup winner in 2015. How about a Golden Ball winner at the Gold Cup in 2021? A two-time CONCACAF Best 11 and a Liga champ, or Liga La Liga champ, excuse me, with Atletico Madrid in 2021. One of the most decorated players that we have in Major League Soccer would not even be on the bench today. Also out last match was their third DP center back teenage Hadebe with an injured leg. He hasn't played since going the full 90 against Minnesota on July 24th, missing their last five matches, not in the 18 on this one either. Not that they were good before he went down, but this season, Philly, in matches where teenage Hadebe does not play, they are 0-8-2 and until this one. The Zimbabwe international who was capped 32 times for his country scoring four goals. Philly, ready for this? He once played for a club in Zimbabwe's top league called Chicken in FC, like motel in, like chicken in FC. He he played for a chicken in. I wonder well, if they you know, have you sandwiches. You got to work your way up somewhere. I mean, he did he did land on the Kaiser Chiefs, which is a pretty prominent team. Yeah, ch- chicken. I-, I need a jersey from Chicken in FC. No, you need Santa Claus, uh, FC Santa Claus from Finland. That's the I- jersey you need. I want that. Team that's now. actually a real team. FYI. No, I believe you. Yeah. That's uh goalkeeper. Steve Clark. Goal, <laughs> the man of the goal, match. Goalkeeper. Steve Clark. He, uh, he, he had himself a day folks. We're going to talk a little bit about goalkeeper. Steve Clark defender, Adam Lundqvist, who also shares a birthday with the scarf. That's fun. Hey, boo. He capped for Sweden in the 2016 Olympics defender, Ethan Bartlow, who has only played more than seven minutes once in his last 12 matches. Mainly because Defend- Daniel Steres was suspended. Yeah, and he I was uh, he, he's a former Galaxy guy, so I didn't really want to talk about Daniel He's Steres. from Burbank. He is a pride of Burbank, California. There you go. Uh, defender Tim Parker, who's a ginger and has no soul, but he's also a former member of the Brooklyn <laughs> Italians. Philly, he's a member of the Brooklyn Italians. Come on, we got we got to at least give a little bit of love for Tim Parker, even though he saved that one ball off the back line. Well, yeah, that's why I have no love for him. The captain, yeah. don't forget, it's Captain Tim Parker to you. Yeah, speaking of people I have no love for, the former who, who, who? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Griffin Dorsey, the former Hoosier. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Midfielders Matias Vera and Coco fall around fall on the ground a lot. Karaskia, Fafa Picol, Memo Rodriguez, the former Rio Grande Valley Toro, and the 10th leading scorer in Dynamo history with one goal less than Stu Holden, who I know Philly loves to listen to. Forward Corey Baird, 13 games he played for LAFC, scoring three goals and notching two assists. He scored his first of the season in their last match. 
And their guy you got to watch out for who really didn't do all that much in this game other than put home a PK forward Sebastian Ferreira from Paraguay looking for his first call up to Paraguay's national team. Nine goals on the season and a little bit of love for uh, my girlfriend Nina, an ex-Morelia man as well, was Sebastian Ferreira. In the 18, two guys I want to highlight, Darwin Quintero, who we know from lots and lots and lots of matches against LAFC, and another Darwin, Darwin Saren. He would play a bit of a factor. Philly, a little bit of a surprise in LAFC's lineup because I got the center back pairing right. Yeah, you certainly did, and that would have been the 18th defensive change Yep. For uh, for LAFC this season. So starting to notice a trend here. When we really start messing around with things, things start to happen. Even if we are going up against powder puff teams, we're making powder puff teams look good. So obviously we got Maxime Crippo in between the pipes. Uh, we got Franco Escobar. We got Eddie Segura and Giorgio Chiellini and Ryan Hollingshead on the other side. I will say if there's anybody who had a really good turnaround game from the last outing that we had in Austin, Ryan Hollings had certainly played a pretty darn good game. Yep. In our midfield, we have Jose Cifuentes, the return of Ilya Sanchez, who we deeply, deeply missed in the last match, and Kellen Acosta. Up top, very happy with this. We got yep. Quadwo Poku, who I believe should absolutely start. Man, that kid certainly hustled. I really wanted him to get a goal today. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be Chicho Arango, who, well, spoiler alert, he did get a goal. And Carlos Vela, who I would say within the first half passed the ball better than anybody else on the pitch. It was he, he was outstanding from that perspective. The bench, we got John McCarthy, Jesus David Murillo, Latif Blessing, Gareth Bale, Chiki Palacios, Sebastian Ibiaga, Danny Trejo, Seba Mendes. And here's a surprise. Yep. Absolutely surprised. Not because of the fact that would have thought that his paperwork would have taken a little longer to clear. But we got Denny Buanga, our designated player, the Gabonese captain, graces our, our, our roster and our 18. But I'm stunned at the fact that he made the 18, mainly because of the fact that he had no time with the team. He didn't really train with the team. And we got classically conditioned with the way Bob did things to allow players to acclimate. Uh, with their teammates and train with them. So I was surprised, but also, you know, eagerly anticipating his entry into the game, because if he's going to make that trip all the way to Houston of all places, there was, there was a decent chance that he was going to play and play. He did. Yeah, look, it was intriguing. And the number 99, by the way, significant for two reasons today, not just Danny Bowanga, but according to Max Bredos on the broadcast, this was Carlos Vela's 99th MLS regular season start. That That's fun. 99. There you go. Uh, in the fourth minute, Giorgio Chiellini with an excellent defensive effort for the steal, and he springs Carlos on the break. And I was really frustrated because four minutes in, Carlos was grabbed from behind two times in the first four minutes, did not get a single call on either one of them. I This is the one of the two times where I will tell you guys this. LAFC is a thousand times better with Giorgio Chiellini on the pitch than when he is not on the pitch. I have more on that later. In the seventh minute, I felt like Houston was playing as slowly and as methodically as they possibly could. And in the ninth minute, Philly, a little bit of trouble for LAFC. Houston's first two attempts were blocked before they get to goal, except that second attempt that was blocked before it got to goal Caught the hand of one Ilya Sanchez. I, I I have issues with this, and I would love for people that are smarter at football than I am to talk me through this. 
but it looked like Ilya was pulling his arms back inside from himself for, uh, to himself, number one. It looked like Ilya might not have been inside the 18 and might have been outside the 18, number two. I, I don't love the call, especially when, as far as I know, Philly, it clear and obvious to overturn the call and it was not called on the pitch. I don't love the handball call in the box and the resulting yellow card for Iliad. I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm a little. I look I, to me like I, I the handball. I, I was I was fine with the positioning of Iliad. He, he, I was not fine with. I mean, it was not clear and obvious that he was inside of the box. And obviously, I forget the name of the referee that that made the call. Jesus, I should know his name. Uh, but this is a referee who's on his way to the World Cup. All right. So obviously a person of stature and of prominence to have the opportunity to be an official, to officiate a World Cup game on the world stage, the biggest stage that there is in the sport. The referee of the match today, he's going there. And I I totally think like he, he screwed this. He screwed this call up. And I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but the officiating not so great in particular coming from an official Who's going to the World Cup? Uh, I, I don't like blaming referees. I'm the one who'll always say you can never leave it in the hands of the officials. But this guy was losing control of the game relatively quickly, relatively no, early, rather. Uh, I, I mean, I I completely agree. I, I thought that it was I thought it was a rough call. I thought it was the wrong call to make. Uh, and look, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I can tell you, I thought it was the wrong call because they scored on the PK, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Matthew Conger is your referee. That's it. Thank you. Matthew Conger is your referee, and it is uh, Sebastian Ferreira from the spot. Tenth goal of the season. Cripo guessed right, but he would have really had to sell out to get to that one. It's a very well-placed PK. No complaints on the effort there from Max. Uh, And just frustrating because here we go, Philly, again, down in the first half, having to come back after going down in the first half, even against these teams that we should beat. Really frustrating. And luckily, Philly, luckily, LAFC would respond just five minutes later. The first corner for LAFC from Carlos Vela gave us nothing, but LAFC kept possession. And and Mahala and Carlos Vela playing a little uh, passing game over the box there. Mahala over the top to Vela, Vela back into the box. And look, not because of his hops, Chicho uh, got got to that ball. Chicho got about as high up as I would have had I tried to jump off the ground. But Philly, your boy. You said it, man. He has done nothing wrong since you made the prediction that he would be a golden boot winner. The only unfortunate part is Sebastian Driussi and Hani Mukhtar and, and Jacob Gle- or uh, Daniel Gazda, excuse me, they just haven't stopped scoring either. So I don't know if Chicho's going to catch him, but he's doing his damnedest, man. And Chicho, Chicho Arango responds quickly for LAFC. 28th of his career, 14th of the season. Vela with his 11th of the season. Look, the chemistry between Carlos and Chicho is is interesting. They've linked up together, registering prior to this goal, like a combined 21 goals and 15 assists through the 27 games. Uh, collectively, between their goal and, goals and assists, you want to talk about an impact? Between Carlos Vela's goals and assists and Chicho Arango's goals and assists, we're looking at, 30, uh, looking at 35 out of the 56 goals scored by LAFC. 
Now we're looking, now this is the 57th. So when people are, are, are suggesting, well, I don't know about the, the chemistry between Carlos and Chicho, that's that's hogwash. I mean, they're obviously connecting and they're significantly important to our attack. They've contributed almost two-thirds of the offense between the two. And Chicho Arango just, he can't stop scoring, man. I mean, I hope we didn't like blow our load in scoring five against DC United because it doesn't seem like we could score more than one or two. But uh, like a brace and a hat trick and Chicho's off to the races. Not going to say he's going to catch Driussi. But maybe he could catch Daniel Gazdag and Hani Mukhtar. I, I think at this point, Driussi, I think Driussi has become, after today, like the fifth player in Major League Soccer history to have like yeah. contributed to a goal in 11 straight games. The kid's really stinking good. And so, well, and Mukhtar with a hat trick today brought him up to 19 as well. You know so. who else had a hat trick today? Who else? Erling Holland, Manchester City. <laughs> His second game with a hat trick. For those like people eight, that were has, like, oh, he's like eight goals in five games right now. For for the idiots that said, oh, this guy's game's not going to translate well from the Bundesliga to the <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> Get lost. This guy is unbelievable. Anyway, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. By the way, in black and gold, I believe that was either his 30th or 31st in all appearances for Christian Arango, firmly in third place behind just Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela. That was and quick. Man, Am I hoping barely a year, right? And and, and I'm hoping he'll be able to add to that total next season. So it's, it's one, one, all right, 19 minutes in it's one, one. We're all right. I'm liking the way that LAFC responded quickly. I am all full of optimism and, and fire at this point. I, I watched the game over at King of wings, which is right down the street from my house in Lawndale. Uh, I, I literally stood up and just shouted to everybody in there. Let's go. I was, I How was the crowd the, there, by the way, it, the crowd was, it was full, which was nice. There were about, I would say 40, 50 people there for the official watch party cool. or one of the official watch parties. I was definitely the most animated and loudest person there. Shocker. Shocking. Right. Uh, 21st minute, a break by LAFC leads to a corner. Carlos Vela with a good ball, but Steve Clark corrals it. You'll hear us talk about Steve Clark just a little bit. I really like the effort in the 26th and 27th minute from Mahala. A rocket from him after a nice give and go from Sifu saved for a corner. And then another effort from the same-ish spot. I thought maybe he was trying to do a little bit too much. I'll say this about Mahala. I, I don't think this was his worst game at all by far, but I thought he was playing a little too revved up at points in this game. He was going a little bit faster, I think, than the game was at times. I think that was more a product of the Houston Dynamo trying to play as slowly as they possibly could. But look. You mentioned it, and I think, again, what we saw from Mahala today, I, I, I keep agreeing with you, Philly. You're absolutely right. Mahala's got to be the starter from here on out. Yeah, I don't disagree, and I've been saying that all season long. The kid's good. I mean, people might argue that, well, why didn't we start Gareth Bale? Gareth Bale might have been able to put those away. Like, we, we, we can't speculate on that. We can't speculate that the chemistry between Cifuentes and Acosta would have been the same with Gareth Bale as it is with, with Mahala. One yeah. thing is for certain. Kellen Acosta connects very well with with Mahala. And Cifuentes does too. So you want to talk about chemistry between the midfield and the forwards? Those, those three players that I just mentioned connect with each other quite well. So you like to see that. You like to see the fact that the kid is courageous and he doesn't have a problem taking the big shot. Time and time again, we've had so many players that have frustrated the bejesus out of us for not taking shots. This kid has no problem taking shots. And you know what? You, you you hit big or you miss big. And at the very least, this kid created some opportunities for us. He certainly wasn't boring to watch today. 
Yeah, look, uh, you mentioned Aaron Judge earlier, right? Aaron Judge, top two or three in the league in strikeouts, I think. But does anybody care about that? Dude's got 51 home runs because you know why? Chicks dig the long ball, right? So there you go. Uh, look, <laughs> chicks dig baseball anymore, though. <laughs> that's yeah. By the way, I'm saying for I, I probably just offended people out there by saying chicks dig the long ball. Yeah, it's I guess you old, can't say that anymore. It, it's an old commercial. You guys look it up. It was it, it was an old commercial. It was really fun. Back well, it's canceled. You, now you just got it canceled. Way to go. Well, I'm okay. Cancel scarf. There you go. Uh, in the 28th minute. In the 28th minute, Carlos Vela almost finds Chicho with that through ball, just so close on the attempt. And Philly again, Mahala in the 31st minute, a great series of passes. Mahala's shot finds the post, I believe, although MLSSoccerSoccer.com says that Steve Clark got a hand on it. He might have. I don't know. It, but, it looked like it actually might have even just deflected, too. Yeah. Like it, off of another uh, player before, like, it, it hit the post. Ah, uh, But the rebound comes out to Chicho. And, and Philly, you could hear the broadcast where you were at. I couldn't hear the broadcast. Did did he trip and fall? What what happened with Chicho there in the box? Uh, he skied it. <laughs> they don't call you the best color man in the business for nothing, my friend. There hey, call go. it like I see it. There you have it. Uh, okay. Then let me ask you about the thirty third minute. Was that a PK? Did Carlos Vela drag that foot to make contact in the box? I I personally was not upset about the no call after the replay. No. What made me a little worried, Philly, is that Carlos Vela was holding his arm a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't need that as much as he needs his legs. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, th- there wasn't even that big of a hubbubaloo in, 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 uh, in the broadcast. Uh, I can't speak. There wasn't that much stated during the broadcast either. So, like, no, I'm not angry with that call. I- I'm a little angrier with a call in injury time of this half that was blatantly missed. But this one... You know, not not really worried about a missed call here. Can can you say that again? You said there wasn't too much of a what? A hubbubaloo. I I love that you say it that way. I believe it's hullabaloo. But yeah, that well, I, made, I, I, it, it's what? Uh, hullabaloo. Hubbubaloo. That's yep, sure. Hubba hubba baloo. It's. <laughs> I'm all about the bear necessities scarf. <laughs> I love baloo the bear. Oh, there man. there you go. I don't know. Hubba 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 baloo. Uh, almost a great long ball through to Carlos Vela in the 36th minute, but it was corralled again by Steve Clark. Carlos Vela to Franco Escobar, just a little too much on it uh, there in the 40th minute. I, I don't and, know if it was too much on it, Scarb. I just think it was such a great Carlos Vela pass that even Franco Escobar was stunned by the beauty of it. I think if, if he was, I think if he's connecting with a guy like Gareth Bale there, I think we're looking at an opportunity for a goal. I just. It, it was too quick for even Pablo. Pablo, shoot, I did it again. For Franco Escobar <laughs> to conceptualize that. Dude, I haven't seen Eddie Segura lose a physical one-on-one battle in quite a while. Oh, but in Fafa. in the 42nd minute, Fafa got him, man. Fafa put him on his back. Uh, yep. and, and Philly, we got real lucky off that corner kick that the ginger didn't score a goal. It wasn't even just, wait, well, hold on. That that move that with, with Fafa, like, I got to say, like, we're lucky that Corey Baird was way ahead of that ball. Because, like, that ball was coming to him. I don't think it was Parker, was it? Yeah, was no, well, no, no, no. Uh, Parker was the one that got on the end of the corner kick. Yeah, You're okay. Right. Yeah. In, the, in the 42nd minute, that was a great, an absolute great corner. And obviously, Tim Parker, the former New Yorker, the former Brooklyn Italian, that's, like, the greatest name ever for a, for, for a soccer team. But, yeah, he... um. Really he's close. And we're looking at two consecutive plays where the defense, not great. And the Houston dynamo knocking on the door. These right here, are two cases of point of how he made a really crap team look decent, actually pretty good. And 
You know, here's the other thing, though, Philly. Looking back on this, and we'll talk about this more at the end, Houston actually didn't have that many chances in this match. But boy, did it seem like they capitalized on the very few that we gave them, right? I think that's the most frustrating thing, is that they capitalized on the chances that they were given. This was not a team. I mean, look, they they scored two goals by an expected goals of 1.44. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but man, it's just, it seems like teams against us, and, and maybe this is because we're, we've fallen short in these last couple of results, it just seems like teams are capitalizing on the very few opportunities we give them, Austin notwithstanding. They created a lot of their own opportunities. They whooped us. But these last couple matches, man, it just seems like they're they're really capitalizing on these, and, and we're not, especially, look, 43rd minute, your boy Chicha, a great steal. Yeah. Takes it all the way through the center of the pitch, but he had two guys to his right, and it's Instead, gives it right back to Houston. I'm not sure what he's doing there. We got to capitalize on those opportunities, really. No, you're right. But, you know, we, we heard Steve talk about how Chicho's not great at playing defense. I think the past couple of games, he certainly gave it his sure. all. That In that way, in that... Jesus, I can't speak. I'm still... It's, it's the Popeyes. He, he's gotten better. He certainly picked up that part of the game. So when he's gone on record and saying he wants to do whatever he's told to do to help the team win, I believe him because he's certainly trying. I love his his blue-collar work ethic scarf. Like, when he's there, he's he's hustling. Like, I don't see Chicho as, as a lazy defender. Not the way, like, people would have probably saw that early in the season. I think Chicho is starting to, like, put together an all-around game. That's just my I opinion. I know I completely agree. His defense has certainly improved over the last several matches and really this season. We get to stoppage time, and, and I just want to ask a quick question to the millions. And millions. If you review the Ilya Sanchez call, how come we're not at least reviewing what happened in the first minute of stoppage time? A corner for LAFC deflected, and then we get a corner on the opposite side where it's Carlos Vela on the corner. And it certainly looked like there might have been a handball or at least a ball played down by the arm. It, I, I just felt like if you're going to review one, why not review the other? I get that I'm still a little bit upset. Nothing. Uh, Philly, your thoughts? No, they blew that one. They absolutely blew that call. I mean, watching the replay, even watching the post-game show with Heath Pierce, who, by the way, I met last week at the last LAFC watch party. Really cool guy. And actually, I really love his in-game commentary and his and his analysis. Heath does a really good job with that. So, HP3, if you're listening, I think you're listening. I mean, I know you follow us now. You you do a really good job. But even they were talking about the fact that this was a blown call by the, by the officials, which is probably the reason why Steve Chirondolo, during his post-game press conference, talked about how poor the officiating is. Yet again, two games in a row um that was that, that, that was a missed call that that should have been at the very least reviewed because there's no doubt he griffin dorsey got his hand on the ball a absolutely it was in the uh what do they say it was in the um in the cradle that's what it was yeah and and, and look rogo went to town on the officials both at halftime and after the match obviously steve Chirundolo. and and, and like you said look most pro referees are hot garbage anyway we know that right like they really looks are the world looks at pro referees and like every now and then Chiellini will like pat someone on the head. Like, no, that's okay. You go be a good human and walk over there for a little <laughs> bit. That's, that's exactly what most people feel about all the pro referees. And this is a guy 
going to the World Cup. You mentioned it, Philly. He's going to the World Cup. Now, maybe, maybe they're just going to give him a little badge and a fake whistle and he'll like pretend that he's refereeing. Like they have to send somebody from pro. They just don't know that they don't have to be on the pitch. So maybe this will be like a, a test run for him. But oh, it was awful. We go in. LAFC seems content to go into the half 1 1. Kellen Acosta with a little bit of a chip there in the fourth minute that was easily corralled. 1 1 at the half. But you know what, Philly? I, we're a little upset about the end of the match, but I remember how I felt at halftime. I was okay with things at the half because I liked the way that LAFC was playing for the most part. There was still optimism. I was fine with it because I know that we're a second half team or used to be. No, that's fine. I, I would go back to that, those couple of moments in which there was the, 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 the awesome move by Fafa Picol getting by Eddie Segura, nearly connecting with Corey Baird, and then the Tim Parker uh, missed, missed header. The opportunities that, they, that we gave Houston, all right? they didn't make them, we gave them to Houston. If this was Austin or the Union or, or the Red Bull or even the Impact, we get punished for those de- defensive lapses. That we're we're lucky to go into the half with the score being what it is. We're absolutely lucky. Uh, I don't think I think we played pretty good. There were moments in which it looked like we were certainly dissecting the Houston Dynamo, but you can't help but think that you know we're not playing an all-around solid game because again we could have been punished by any other teams uh, in these situations. But if you look at the stats, the stats were all in favor of us. We had more shots. Than they did seven to four. We had more shots on target than they did three to one. More opportunities on set pieces six to two. More possession 54 46. Even more fouls. The only thing that they were doing better than us was winning in the aerial department. We ended up doing better in the second half. But like you said, we're a second half team. And hopefully, no, most certainly, we're not going to leave. It used to be BBVA Compass Stadium. We're not going to leave PNC Park dropping points not to this dumpster fire of a team or are we oh boy here we go 47 minute great ball from chicho to mahala and he bangs one off of steve clark for that a was corner. deflected <laughs> yeah that was certainly deflected off of steve clark he's gonna feel that one and kellen acosta on the corner uh played it short and back to kellen acosta very bad uh, was he looking for somebody in the houston supporter section was there some because he is from texas right like was that he he grew up playing in the Dallas Academy. Maybe there's somebody he knew in the stands that he was trying to get a souvenir to. Not not loving it. And Philly, I, I'm going to skip ahead, and I'm going to ask you the question that is in my notes. What the heck happened in the 56th minute between Eddie Segura and Giorgio Chiellini as your former Hoosier boy, Griffin Dorsey, walks right in untouched? We, we were about to watch a Greek or, or, or an Italian tragedy unfold before our very eyes. A sad opera, if you will. Um, how Griffin Dorsey managed to slice through bo- 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 both Segura, who up until the injury was, as the broadcaster said, our best defender ever, and Giorgio Chiellini, one of the best defenders ever. How Griffin Dorsey, a relatively young and upcoming player, that was drafted by Toronto in 2019, played at Indiana University, which is my alma mater school that I know and love. Uh, I mean, they produce a lot of really good talent. But I can't believe that he he, he somehow got through them. Um, but fortunately, fortunately, <laughs> Crepeau gets a hand on the ball. And fortunately, Franco Escobar has the wherewithal 
to sprint regardless because that ball was tap, tap, tap. That ball was on on the correct trajectory to hit the back of the net. We avoided a, a tragedy, thankfully. The guy, the soccer gods are on our side, right? If we avoid crap like that, we're going to win. But we I, I, I missed this, Billy. What happened to Franco Escobar? Because he looked like he took a right from Tyson. He was out on his feet in the 57th, 58th minute. Did you see what happened? He just... <laughs> I don't know what happened. So, I mean, he looked dazed and confused. So, obviously, he he, he took some kind of hit to the, to the noodle. I mean, I, it was like a concussion protocol type of scenario. That's oh, yeah. what it looked like. The, the broadcaster saying he was looking emotional coming out. But, like, you can even see him as he's walking towards, towards the sideline. He's pointing to his head and he's saying something. So, he knew that something was wrong. And, I, and honestly, in a scenario like that, I, I actually want to applaud him because... People from my generation and idiots like me, I'm going to play through everything because I'm not going to want to come out of the game because I'm stubborn because like, people like me are stubborn. Yeah. But like, it's good for him to have had the wherewithal to realize like, I, there's something wrong. I don't want to cost my team. But he was playing a magnificent game up to that point. And him coming out of the lineup really, really hurt us, especially in the time period that it did. We normally would wait 65 minutes, maybe 70, but for him to come out in the 56 minute, quite surprising. I really hope it's nothing. Steve said he doesn't know that we'll find out, but yeah, I mean, he obviously didn't look like he could go back in and play. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is when he went to ground after making that save off the line. And I've actually done this once and concussed myself. When you fall backwards, you hit your head on the back of the turf there. You, it's a pretty gnarly feeling. And, and I agree. Kudos to him for taking his health into account, but also I don't think he had a choice. I mean, he, he was asking coach to remove his football helmet because he thought he had a bumblebee in there and he wasn't even wearing a helmet. That was uh, that was an interesting minute there in the 59th. We mentioned it. I, I mean, look, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches, right, Philly? If if Franco Escobar has to come off, all we do is bring in all-star Cheeky Palacios off the bench. I mean, that's pretty good. I I don't know that I loved Carlos Vela coming out in the 60th minute as well. No, for not Dale. at all. He was playing so well, Scarf. He was distributing the ball exceptionally yep. well. He was yep. a, a Carlos Vela on, on a mission. I would yep. this. I was dumbfounded by this move. Yeah, I I I just. I'll talk about it more when we when we talk about subs later on. Let's let's move on to the 63rd minute. And, and I just love Ryan Holling said this play on Sebastian Ferreira, mm. a great diving effort to clear for a corner. But then again, we see that Eddie Segura is down. What the heck happened with Eddie Segura? I don't know. I mean, obviously it was nothing that bad because he got up and he walked off to the sideline. So hopefully nothing is wrong with Eddie Segura. Now we have. <clears throat> now we have Jesus David Murillo coming in. Oh, and by the way, I just, yeah, I'm still shocked that we took out Carlos Vela at this point in this uh, crucial moment of the game. Yes, we have a few more games left, but this is a game where we needed to make a statement. Carlos was playing well. What? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm still in shock. No, I'm with you. I, I agree. And and again, embarrassment of riches. Eddie Segura has to come out, and okay, All Star Jesus David Murillo comes in. Like this team is so deep, and our defenders. We're playing so well because at least we had Giorgio Chiellini in the game. More on that later. Uh, I just, you mentioned Ryan Hollingshead having a bounce back game, a hell of an effort once again. Ryan Hollingshead not giving up in the 66th minute as he chases the ball to the line. And he's able to cross it back across goal 
And oh man, Chicho just fanned on getting a touch. Chicho was just a touch off today on some of his touches, but what a great cross by Ryan Hollingshead on yeah. that one. And Philly, we almost had a giggity goal in the 69th minute. Yeah, in fact, over from the 69th to about the 72nd minute, we had three <laughs> crazy golden opportunities. I mean, crazy. this is where we should have put the nail in the coffin. 69th minute drama in the box. We have an awesome cross by Jose Cifuentes. People are saying he didn't have such a great game. Look, he connected with Mahala, and he should have gotten an assist on this play. He does connect with Bale, but Steve Clark gets an incredible save on Gareth Bale. Uh, Bale had a second attempt, but he did get too much uh, boot on the leather. Hits it over the crossbar. So that's opportunity number one that was squandered. A minute later, Chicho to Bale. Bale beats Steve Clark this time but then captain tim parker with a hell of a block great yeah. effort man i mean steve clark should buy parker a freaking beer at this point what's the popular beer that they have in portland um uh ipas all of them all right fair enough he should buy him an ipa so another opportunity in which we should have scored and bale knew it after after parker made a hell of a say hell of a play bale knew it and then the 71st minute scarf you, you you've got to be kidding me Kellen Acosta, who we've obviously talked a little bit about in terms of his uh, servicing from the corner, had an absolute gem of a corner. And then you have Ryan Hollingshead with the header. This isn't one that clanged off the top of the crossbar scarf. This thing was like heading in. It barely clipped. It was a matter of millimeters slash centimeters. What's what's a unit of measure that's smaller than a millimeter? Uh, I, uh, I smaller than a millimeter. All right. Well, I, I mean, it was darn close. That, 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 that's my point. Darn close. Hollingshead should have had that. Bale heads it, um, to Clark. He makes another great save. And then if you kind of go back and look at the play, if Chiellini kind of just stood there rather than moving, I think Chiellini would have been in the perfect position to just sort of tap the ball in. But obviously yeah. he's trying to make a play as well. But I mean, you don't get any closer than that like Steve Clark you know hats off to him 2009 he he enters the MLS he doesn't he doesn't get drafted and he's had a pretty darn good career considering the fact that he was really unheralded really just manila if you will but he's been he was great at portland and today he looked like a superstar uh Gareth Bale and Quadwo Poku are going to be having nightmares of Steve Clark tonight yeah a micrometer by the way is what i couldn't come up with that's got it yes so then it was a, a micrometer uh, I think, look, first of all, everything you just said about Steve Clark, he he's your man of the match. He is why this is still 1-1 going into a little bit later on in the match. We'll talk about the, the ridiculousness that happens. But, Philly, I, I have something to say about the 72nd minute. And, and I thought, personally, that this was the wait, what moment of the match? I... I don't understand. I don't understand. In a match that is 1-1 on the road against a team that we have been playing really well against and just haven't finished our chances, why do we make these subs right now? Why does it seem like some of our guys are on a pitch count no matter what happens? It's really frustrating. I mentioned this when we were doing one more sleep. The time for kid gloves needs to be over. The time for kid gloves needs to be over. We need to go out and get points. In the 72nd minute, Sebastian Ibiaga comes in for Giorgio Chiellini. I do not love this substitution 
at this point in the match, number one. And then a absolute shocker of a move. I get it. We brought him in. We want to ease him into the lineup. But in a 1-1 match where we need points, why is Denny Bowanga coming into the match in the 72nd minute for Chicho Arango? I should be more excited, but I'm not. I mean, I think you're also still mildly upset at the fact that Denny selected the number 99 to put on his back. And I know no, I would just rather have, I would rather have one nine Chicho. I'd rather have Chicho out there. One nine. Yeah. And in a way, like I just, I just think, look, obviously Steve thought something, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe there was like a front office pressure. He is our designated player. And what better way to introduce somebody to a team other than trial by fire? Oh wait, no, that's probably, that probably wasn't the greatest decision, but I would have, I probably would have expected Mahala to come out at that point, and I would have been okay with that because honestly, from this point on, Mahala sort of disappears, yeah. uh, and that's okay. Chicho is is our leading scorer. You know, we don't pay him like a designated player. He may not be here next season because somebody out there might be willing to pay Chicho for what he's worth. He's a million dollar player. He's not getting paid a million dollars. He's yes. he's probably at that TAM maximum about six hundred twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, him coming out. He missed a couple of chances. Maybe he was getting tired. Maybe Steve saw like he wanted something more defensively. But I think you're setting Denny Buanga up in, in, in not the greatest of way. Yes, sure. this is a game in which he could have had an impact, but the opportunity cost of putting him in and having these lofty expectations on him that we all do, only to have him, I don't know. I mean, look, he almost contributed right away, actually. I mean, he had a cross like right away. But yeah, I... I he was in the 18, so I knew we would see him. I just Ugh. didn't think we'd see him for Chicho. Uh, I didn't love the situation. You're right. I didn't love the situation. That's all I'm saying. I, I never liked that love- guy either. That guy sucks. <laughs> uh, in the 75th Jersey minute. Short they, joke, by the way. The, yep. The move that I have a little bit more of an issue with becomes apparent in the 75th minute. I know that Giorgio Chiellini was not perfect today. We talked about him and Eddie Segura getting crossed up and Dorsey able to walk right in, right? But Chiellini, when he is out there, LAFC is a vastly different, no, dare I say, vastly better and more collected defensive unit than when Chiellini is not out there. We saw it against Austin where there was no Giorgio Chiellini. We saw it in this match. Just three minutes after you take Giorgio Chiellini out, the player of the match, other than Steve Clark, Griffin Dorsey, able to walk right in again and just inside the 18, fires one home with touch, an awful effort to close in on him. And it happens right as Chiellini comes off. He runs right by Denny Buonga, right by Denny Buonga, right at Sebastian Ibeaga's spot, who doesn't come up to close at all. Cheeky kept forcing him to the middle because he was expecting help coming over, but the help never got there. And for the second match in a row, well, not second match in a row, excuse me, but the Cade Cowell goal now creeps right back up again because that's a late goal that we gave up a point on the road. And now here we go in Houston, giving up a point on the road. It was a really frustrating move because nobody closed Griffin Dorsey out. Hey, well, look, it was a hell of a goal, but yeah, you're right. No, nobody closed him out. And I, I both Panda and I yell, yelled words that we should not repeat on a family friendly podcast. Yeah, it was it was frustrating, especially going back to that 69th giggity minute 
in which we had so many unbelievable opportunities. It's as if like they, they took the air out of our sails. We yeah. were knocking on that door. We were kicking at that door. We had a black and gold battering ram going towards Steve Clark. And then the unthinkable happens. We go down on the road to another last place team with not with what? 15 minutes remaining into the game. Uh, shocking, disgusting. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm stunned. This is when I was rage eating a Popeye's chicken, a fried chicken breast. And, and, and Philly, uh, 56 minutes. Mac and cheese, by the way. Oh God. And Mac and cheese. Uh, 56 minute Dorsey's able to walk right in. Right. And then from there on out, it's Ryan Hollingshead stopping an opportunity in the 63rd. And that was it. We're talking going 20 minutes of play without an opportunity is Houston. 20 minutes of play. And yet here on one of their few opportunities they get in the second half, they're able to put it away. We're down 2-1. Spoiler alert, that's how the match ends. Corey Baird comes off a minute later. On comes Darwin Saren. We'll hear from him <laughs> in just a little bit. Uh, in the 77th minute, we got the first real attempt from Denny Bowanga as his header goes over the bar after a cross from Ryan Hollingshead. Acosta de Sifu was just off in the 81st minute. I yep. felt like that was really the story of Kellen Acosta for the most part. Uh, I, I do have to eat my words in just a second, and I will. In the 85th minute, another bad corner by Kellen Acosta. In the 86th minute, Philly, a little bit of a surreal moment in the match. And, and the one thing I will applaud that referee for in this one is I, I think this actually played into why we got a little bit more time in stoppage time than we should have. As Denny Bowanga earns a corner, some dumbass fan runs on to take a selfie. I think he was wearing a Garrett Sounders Pale. jersey too, by the way. He was wearing a what? I think like from what I read somewhere, I think he was wearing a Sounders jersey. Oh, really? Oh, man. Uh, and it honestly... I thought Jesus David Murillo was going to kill him, and I was fine with that. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. We haven't seen pitch invaders. I don't even remember the last time we saw pitch invaders. But shortly after that, a bunch of knuckleheads in, uh, in PNC Park were throwing stuff on the field, too. Yeah. And so they were taking their sweet time. That that you, You're right. That did play into our favor because we got a lot of injury time, but... Yeah, I would have had I, I guess I wonder what the policy is on that. If like that dude would have rolled up to Murray and if Murray would have just decked him out, what would have been the repercussions there? I Well, I, you I, and I, I would have bought him a drink, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that again, we hadn't seen a pitch invader in a long time, but I mean, we're all pissed off at this point, obviously, because we're in a situation that we shouldn't be in, and this knucklehead is just adding kerosene to an already burning fire. Yeah, I would like to eat my words for just a moment in the 88th minute with Kellen Acosta. I felt like he had a rough match in terms of set pieces. But you and I talked about this, Philly, before we recorded the podcast in the 88th minute. Kellen Acosta with a corner kick that was absolutely perfect. And the only thing I can think of is that they were so used to having bad service from Kellen Acosta for the first 87 minutes that unfortunately... Neither Jose Cifuentes nor Gareth Bale could get on the end of it. Gareth Bale just missing with a header. And then Sifu just couldn't get a touch on it, sliding into the right to the far post. It, Kellen made that one look real, real good. And I think for the most part, really, that was probably our best chance to close out the match other than literally the final touch of the game. Yeah. I mean, we got eight minutes of injury time, which, wow. 
I mean, between the things that happened with Escobar and him coming out of the game, between the pitch invader, uh, again, I think Heath and, and Max anticipated five or six minutes being told that we're going to have eight. Yeah, I would say that should have added a little pep to the step of the team. I mean, that's nearly, I mean, when push comes to shove, they ended up getting two extra minutes. I mean, 10 minutes of extra play, that's almost 25% of a half. So no, they yeah. certainly were given plenty of time. But that being said, Houston obviously wasn't in a rush. They they certainly took their time, which is why we ended up having more time in injury time. You know who enjoyed their time in stoppage time, Philly, was Darwin Saren. Darwin Saren had himself a game in these 11 minutes of stoppage time that we had. Although the unfortunate part, Philly, I believe, if I am correct, and I could be wrong, but I think I'm correct about this. In the third minute, both Kellen Acosta and Darwin Saren receive yellows. I believe that means Kellen Acosta. You're absolutely to, correct. He was the one sit. player. Yeah, he's out next week. Yeah, he's got to sit against RSL in just a couple of days for yellow card accumulation. You, you are know correct. what? Good. Maybe that'll give somebody else a chance to take some of the set pieces. It's Carlos Vela on one side and Kellen Acosta on the other. Bummer that Acosta is going to miss the match, obviously, but. Man, his set pieces were just not good. In he had a couple of good set pieces, Scarf. I mean, yeah. obviously, other you're 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 primarily focused on that one where he had the pass in, like the playground pass in the Vela. Then he, Vela got back to him, and then he had that awful, awful cross. He yeah. he was a lot better on set pieces today than he had been in previous games. Yeah, and he it. connected with Mahala. Kellen Acosta, I wouldn't say he played a great game, but I would I would certainly say this was an above-average game for him. Yeah, you can have him. Uh, a guy who played an above-average game, Steve Clark, with a yellow card. He was hulking out in the sixth minute. He was ready to fight anyone and everyone. He got a yellow yeah, and the ref. He got a yellow yeah, card himself. He, he got into the ref a little bit there, and the ref goes, okay, oh, here's, your, here's your yellow. And just a minute later, I mean, this is an efficient refereeing job here. Uh, a second yellow card for Darwin Saren. The replay looked a little iffy, but I guess it was from behind. It looked like he got most of the ball anyway, but I guess they called it because it was from behind. So Houston playing down ten men, down with 10 men, not down 10 men. That'd be rough for the one guy. Uh, Houston playing down to 10 men. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead heading it over goal in the ninth minute. Danny Bowanga with a slight touch on Fafa and more time wastery. I didn't love that Acosta was limping a little bit. And then Philly in the 11th. Yes, 11th minute of the eight minutes of stoppage time. We had one more shot at it. It would have been the redemption song that you had tweeted about. Uh, uh, Kellen Acosta, if he if he just finds a way to bring it down a little, we're level at two. And I, I think they throw more stuff on the pitch at PNC Park. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would too if obviously I was a fan of the Dynamo. It was you could feel the the anxiety just by watching it, even here in Los Angeles. It was. It was a golden opportunity, and honestly, we we have nobody to blame for our, but ourselves. The, the yep. final whistle goes off um, for the first time in club history. We've lost three straight. Not even in last season, in the abysmal year that it was, did we ever have a run where we lost three straight. In addition to that, it's the first time ever we lose a regular season game to the Houston Dynamo. And this was a game scarf in which we literally dominated on all levels, man. Yeah. 19 shots. Eight on target. The lion's share possession. Three chances created. Ten corners. Uh, I mean, we won 57% of the aerials. We were better with the long ball. I mean, this was our game. 
People are going to want to harp right now, and I've already started to see it. They're like, Chirundolo out. Some idiot talked about how, oh, this was too much team for Steve to, to handle. He, I, he's out, out, out. This wasn't a coaching error. No. By no means. Maybe you could talk about the substitution patterns. But look, if you can't finish your chances, how, how can, you can't really pin that one on the coach, on the manager. You just yeah. can't. LAFC needed to do better in terms of putting the ball on the back of the net. They did not. They made a couple, in particular in that second goal, defensive mistake. So, as Steve said in his post-game press conference, it was not being able to finish, defensive errors, and poor officiating. You add those three together, you're getting a jambalaya of bad football. A cacophony, well, that's more sound-related, but yeah, a jambalaya of bad football, so... We have nobody to blame in this match but ourselves. And, and I just can't believe we're even blaming ourselves at this point. This is a dream season that we are having. And again, we lose to bad uh, two out of the three teams that were in last place in the West at one point. San Jose and now these, 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 these Houston Dynamo guys. This should not have even been close. Ugh. Look, we talk about expected goals, right? That's basically how you play versus how many goals you should have scored. If you take away Houston's penalty kick, because they give about 0.79 to a PK, for the entire match, Houston had 0.65 expected goals. LAFC in the match, 2.73. 2.73. That is bonkers. In the second half, 1.6 expected goals. In open play, like just, you know, when the ball's not frozen on the pitch or out or into touch, I should say, 2.38 to 0.38. We had two more expected goals in the match from open play than they did. We're talking about a team that took 17 shots inside the box. We're talking about a team that dominated every facet of play. We forced 32 clearances. LAFC only had to clear the ball seven times. We forced 32 clearances. We had them on their back foot for most of the match to quote. I'm going to say, I'm going to quote Dennis green. They are who we thought they were. They played exactly the way that we thought they would play. And yet it comes down to who put more in the back of the net. And unfortunately now after 28 matches, we are now level with the Philadelphia Union in the Supporter Shield race. The only good side about that is that we have one game in hand. They've played 29. We've played 28. They are certainly trending in a very different direction than LAFC is right now. We are tied for the Supporter Shield race. We are no longer even on pace, by the way, Philly, for 70 points, let alone the record of 74. But the one good thing, and we mentioned it earlier, Austin lost today two to one. That means we will remain six points clear on the same number of matches. And I want to remind everybody out there, if we win the Supporters' Shield or if we win the West, that means we're in Champions League. It's that simple. So as long as we get our stranglehold on the West, we win Champions League, we're good, but we're going to win the damn Supporters' Shield. Philly, we have six matches remaining, three on the road, three at home. We get to go back to the Cathedral of Black and Gold for our next match, Sunday, September 4th, before we get to head back to Gross, Texas to take on Dallas Saturday, September 10th. Those are our next two games. Philly, your thoughts. My thoughts are this. I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're going to clinch the West. 
The supporter shield, on the other hand, I I'm being cautious <laughs> going back to my feelings on the beginning of the season. Look, we're, you, you said it. We're trending in a completely different direction than the Philadelphia Union. If you look at the last three games the Union have played in, listen to these scoring lines. They yeah. beat Atlanta today 4-1. to one. A few days prior to that, they beat the Colorado Rapids 6-0. to nil. A few days before that, they beat D.C. United 6-0. to nil. Uh, They are ravaging teams that we can barely get by. This Philadelphia Union team is going to be scary. Where I'm going to keep a very watchful eye on Saturday. They're playing the New Jersey Energy Drinks. And let's not kid ourselves. If we continue to fall off the rails, that's not to say that the Red Bull can't surpass us. And honestly, even the Montreal Impact. Yes, it would be an absolute act of God for that to happen. But if we continue trending this way, we certainly have to look at that as a possibility. The Philadelphia Union are a good team, a very, very good team. So this season isn't wrapped up. And if we talk about supporter shield, all right, if we look historically, I think the math is 25% of the time since 1996, the supporter shield winners won an MLS cup. Most recently being that in 2017, when it was Toronto that won the domestic treble. I'm sure we could win the Canadian cup. I'm sure you and I can win the Canadian cup. (laughs) Obviously, we couldn't. It's just tongue-in-cheek, but I don't know. Maybe if we're going to play the statistics on the table, maybe we allow the union to take that supporter shield because they did win it a little more recently than we did. 2020, if you recall, they did win the supporter shield and then unceremoniously bow out of the MLS Cup playoffs. Uh, If we win the MLS Cup, I don't necessarily think I care about the supporter shield. The last thing I would want to have happen to a scarf is for us to be like the New Jersey Energy Drinks, a team that clings on to multiple supporter shields without the one cup that matters. We could talk about philosophy, how, you know, the rest of the world, the supporter shield equivalent is what matters. But look, we're in the U.S. and obviously it's the MLS Cup. I'm, I'm I'm not all roses and sunshine here. No. The fact of the matter is... We're still can't call it a catbird seat. Maybe we'll just call it a bird seat. I mean, we're still ahead of Austin by six and ahead of the Union by three. And look, let's not sleep on Real Salt Lake. We're playing. Oh well, wait, next no, no, week. Union's tied with us. We're not ahead of them by three. We just have a game in hand. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. But yeah. um, look, Real Salt Lake did something pretty big today. They beat the third place team in the West, Minnesota United, three to nil. So despite the fact that we're going back home and playing in the Cathedral Black and the Gold in front of 22,000 fans and the millions and millions of you watchers back home. I mean, this to me is, uh, this is kind of a do or die, do or die game, man. Like if we can't win and we lose at home, I mean, I, I think like the rest of the season is going to fall off the rails. I, I, yeah, just, look, I think it's going to be a backbreaker for the team. If they lose at home on Saturday, on Sunday, Look, th- this is a club that, um, among all of the things that we have done well this season, and we have done a lot of things well this season, the the main thing that we have done well is to defend the bank. And, and I think that you're looking at a club that takes so much pride in the way that we play at home. Now, I do want to mention this. Philadelphia Union have played 15 of their 17 matches at home. They are 10-0-5. They have not lost at home yet on the season. I want to win the supporter shield for the very simple fact that I don't want to travel to Philadelphia for any reason whatsoever 
come playoff time. A team that has no losses, 10 wins, five draws. But you know what? We actually have more wins, 11 wins at home. Only one loss, that one loss earlier in the season to Austin, and two draws. I love how we play at home. I think this will be exactly what we need, a little home cooking. And and before we start crowning Philadelphia on anything, they play a very good Red Bulls team and a very good Orlando City team, both clubs who are above the playoff line, and Orlando City fighting for a home playoff match. And then they have the Philadelphia, excuse me, they have the Atlanta United, they have Charlotte, and they have Toronto. These are three clubs, Philly, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Toronto that while they are below the playoff line, they are only two points, three points, and four points below the playoff line. So one win can change these teams' fates. They've got a target on their back, Philadelphia, just like we do. But either way, you're absolutely right. We need to take care of business at home. And for episode 214, we better damn well be talking about a victory over RSL at the bank. Yeah, I'm tired of this like negativity and th- especially considering the fact that we're going to well, we're going to be together. So at the very least, we're we're breaking that hex. Uh, yeah. the, these Zoom things clearly haven't worked out in favor of our team. If you're being superstitious, which I obviously am, this Zoom thing is for the birds. So we need to get back to recording in the same room, regardless of where that is. That might be the difference maker. And I'm going to laugh my tail off if um I mean, we're going to be watching the game together anyway, so that alone is going to be something to be happy about because we get to hang out. It's it's been a minute. You've been traveling. I've been, well, I've been here. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, look, I haven't gone anywhere. This the <laughs> Zoom stuff is for the birds. Let's let's go ahead and kill this Zoom stuff for the birds. Look, you've waited long enough. Heart of LAFC. You've talked your smack. Everybody else, and out rightfully there so. By the waiting. way, what's that? And rightfully, rightfully so. so. By the way, yeah. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> either way. We waited till the end of the episode. Some of you may have even just fast-forwarded through the recap of the Houston game because you saw it and you didn't want to hear it anymore. Philly hasn't even heard it yet. I sent it to him, and he said, no, I don't want to listen to Brian's song. I don't want to smile. I don't want to laugh. I don't want to do anything before the episode. I want to be upset. I want to be Philly. I said, yeah, you do you, boo. So now that the episode is over here on episode 213, instead of saying bye-bye, I will say this. Enjoy part two, the finale of Brian's song. I've heard everyone say they've waited too long. Well, here comes part two of Brian's song. Now that he's really officially gone and it's not alone. Oh, Brian. Yes, Brian. Our former designated player, Brian, still with perfect hair tattoos everywhere, but it's time to go. He played real well during COVID Cup, two goals, three assists, we thought he leveled up, but during Champions League, he never showed up, we sent him on loan. Oh, Brian, yes, Brian. Off to Spain, we sent him flying. You thought we weren't for you, so try La Liga too. But you couldn't score a goal. In 16 games, you barely saw the pitch. To the press, your agent threw a fit. Almeria said, thanks, let's make a switch. So you came back home. O'Brien, yes, Brian. 
11.5 million, Brian. We gave you some run in 2021, and you scored four goals. Dolo took over in 22. We thought this could finally be the year for you. You complained to the press more than a time or two, like you're four years old. Oh, Brian. Yes, Brian. Still just 22 years old, Brian. You can't play under Steve, then it's time to leave the black and gold. So John and Will, well, they got to work, though you and your agent both were jerks. And when America called, they must have smirked. Will you please hold? Brian. Yes, Brian. We finally get to sell Brian. Trading black and gold for blue and yellow down in Mexico. Oh, Brian. Bye-bye, Brian. I'm sure we'll soon hear your agent crying. Turn in my keys to the Brian bus. It's time to let you go. Yes, Brian. Oh, Brian. Your kits are 60% off now, Brian. Because we've got Danny Boanga and Gareth Bale and Christian Teo. Oh, Brian. Bye, Brian.